Please have a good day and welcome to the first full edition of Birds All Day here in uh, 2018. My name is Drew Fairservice and uh, you may have already heard, if you haven't, go check it out. This uh, Earlier this week I talked to uh, to uh, Jeff uh, Paternostro. Paternostro. I knew. Of, uh, I knew when you started. Hmm? Sl- I knew when you slew, slewed down. I knew when you <laughs> slowed down. It was clearly pronunciation related. And I, had and I was waiting for the train wreck, and it was it was as uh, as magnificent as as I'd hoped. <laughs> when I it, when I talked to him, I had it written down and spelled out phonetically on a piece of paper in front of me. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Jeff is the lead prospect writer at Baseball Prospectus. He and I talked about the Blue Jays system. We talked we talked about the Blue Jays system, but we also talked about just general uh, prospecty things and thoughts and ideas. And uh, Jeff had some interesting thoughts on on utility guys and, and just the way they're used and what that means for prospects and also what it means for the big league team. So if you haven't heard it, go and check it out. But now, as you heard, he interjected uh, 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 as always. Old reliable. Old reliable Mr. James Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. You're doing all right. Thank you for uh, for coming in. And I'm bad. I'm bad with names. I don't know what it is. I, uh, again, it, we were talking off air, and uh, I, as you said, as the sole protagonist of this universe, it's not really in my best interest to learn your names because it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but here we go. Uh, another thing that I've been dying to talk about. <laughs> Because off air, Jeff is a big soccer fan. He, as I mentioned, he talks about uh, Sheffield. He has a podcast about Sheffield Wednesday, which is an interesting use of anyone's time. Um, and then you and I are always talking about uh, soccer, football, mm-hmm. the, the the beautiful game here on this show. And I mentioned to Jeff in the uh, off air about the the former show that was on uh, TLN Channel Thirty Five back in the day, uh, the Soccer Guys, where they would just talk about. The Syria A for an hour, uh, just some random. It was basically no different than what we did for baseball, but they did it on on TV instead of on the internet, um, and it was glorious. These three young folks talking about Italian soccer from a basement in Woodbridge. It was that was the whole setup too. It was like they were in a basement. <laughs> it was incredible. This and week's topic reason... is Gabriel Batistuta better than Alessandro Del Piero? Yeah. Yeah, well, essentially, like, or how many more, This is like, you know, 15 years ago, like, I don't know how many more years Francisco Tati's got left in him, but uh, we'll have to see. <laughs> oh, we're just, we're just, we're losing listeners left and right already. <laughs> well, it's, and the, the reason I mentioned you and I, I was, so sorry, this is, the, we're going to talk about the Blue Jays. This is the state of the offseason right now, where we're kicking off the show instead of ending the show with this trip down uh, memory lane. I was talking to my kids about YouTubers, cause we, but my daughter's old enough to be, uh, if she had her, uh, her, her way, she would be ravenously consuming YouTube content all day long. And I can't have that because it's poison, poison for their brains. And we were talking about Logan Paul, the goof who, who was Ugh. fucked off in Japan. And I referred to him many, many times as an idiot. And I was explaining why he did what he did. And you get inside this bubble and you, all yeah. he, all he knows is, is about, is about traffic and he, he's too rich to care, but also driven by this weird craven need for for traffic and for whatever and i said and that's because he's what and they're like an idiot yes right but i was like uh, you know i said something like i was a youtuber you know back in the day and they didn't believe me so i have a youtube app on my tv and i searched the old getting blank show and then i ended up with my kids watching like half of an episode of getting blank from 2012 i believe uh which was let me tell you delightful 
delightful. I bet, I bet it was. For those of for those who don't know, uh, myself, Andrew Stoughton, and uh, our good friend Dustin Parks, we used to do a video show four days a week that went straight to YouTube. Well, eventually it went to YouTube after it was edited by the the delightful John Noon, and uh, it was produced, of course, by Scott Lewis. And uh, we had a blast for the most part doing that show. It was hilarious, and then it stopped because video is expensive. Uh, but it's funny to go back and watch it um, because we were very young then, very very young. But so, uh, yeah, we were in our yeah. mid thirties. <laughs> was it that five long? years? Is a long time. It that it's been a long five years. years. I I mean I'm good for once a year watching the fucking uh, the sitcom commercial thing and having a good weep. You look really <laughs> like you. The beard was small there. Yes, yeah, so I've, I've become much more haggard since then. Uh, Parks, of, of course, is like Benjamin Button now. He looks like he looks half as young. He looks like younger now than he did then. He's running and Just running and running all the time. Feasting on souls. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> He's svelte. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the point is, uh, you can watch those on YouTube if you were felt so inclined. I do not recommend it. Uh, you can hear us do stuff like contemplate Victor Martinez's mortality and. Uh, uh, we were, everyone is done. We were, de- you know, it's, you're desperate for things to talk about. It's like, oh, I think Victor Martinez is done. He's cooked. He's over. Uh, which is, which was right then, even though we got like $5 million, five-year contract from Dave Dombrowski. Um, but now we'll talk about the Blue Jays because we've got nothing else to talk about. Actually, there are things to talk about. After we, we were going to record our last episode last week and we ended up putting it off because there was literally nothing going on. And lo and behold, a move. Uh, your Toronto Blue Jays acquired... And Jervis Solarte from the dreaded San Diego Padres in exchange for uh, a young outfielder who was at single A. Yeah, he was uh, he was in Lansing where uh, the great Jesse Goldberg Strassler was uh, uh, was quite fond of me. He thought, you know, he he was one of the guys that he identified as being on the Lansing team as, as looking like he had a real future, which is, I think, what made the Padres excited about him in the first place. There are quite a few people. Uh, I've seen a, a lot of, of um, Blue prospect watchers, maybe Blue, more Blue Jay specific ones, who uh, had hold held him in a high esteem, or they like they like what he did, I guess, last year. Um, now, of course, Lansing is a long way from the big leagues, but um, you got to give to get. And Solarte is a guy who provides a lot of. Uh, uh, there's a lot to like. I like Solarte a lot. I, he's he. I, I can't believe that the Yankees actually ended up giving him up to get Chase Headley. Uh, especially considering the way that Chase Headley performed as a Yankee, uh, demonstrably worse than Solarte over the balance of uh, their times at the new club. Uh, I don't know that he's necessarily a great defender, but he can play all over the time. He, he was predominantly a third baseman, I believe, two years ago, and I think he spent more time at second base last year. Yes, I recall, um, you, I recall you tweeting about his third base predominance, actually. Ghoulishly, I tweeted <laughs> about him, his, his uh, primary position. Yeah. But... Uh, it, Yes. He's been a third baseman predominantly in the past. Um, but I do wonder, because he's a full-time player. Like He's an everyday guy. He can play every day, right? Yeah, I think so. so or how, or very he, close to it. Yeah, he should be an everyday guy. For, so what's he doing here? He is, he is being realistic about what you expected of Troy Tulowitzki and Devin Travis. He's maybe being re- realistic about, which I'm not yet ready to do because I keep defending Kendrys Morales, but maybe being realistic about where he's at 
against right-handed pitching? Or about, you know, even though at, you know, right before we went on air, the Blue Jays announced that they uh, avoided arbitration with Ezekiel Carrera, uh, you know, a theoretically a left fielder that nobody, who had a very nice season last year, but that I don't think anybody mm-hmm. wants to see back all the time in left field. Uh, you know, Solarte can play that. I, I think that, uh, and also, you know, Solarte can play that role where he can, you know, play four days a week covering various positions, giving guys days off because Lord knows the stupid aging Blue Jays and injured Blue Jays need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, he's a, he's a guy who could be here for a while. There's, a, I, I don't know. He's, uh, and I think what I forget. I'm trying. I'm straining to remember. I think it was the Fangraphs piece. I think Eno Eno did a piece on uh, on this Larte deal and asked you know, essentially the same question, like, why are the Blue Jays trading for this guy? Uh, and, you know, found the reasons which are partly, you know, that the Bichette Guerrero era is perhaps not as far off as, you know, the people who want it, the, to trade everybody for prospects right now think, uh, so that there is some sense in having, you know, a higher floor for the next couple of years, even if Josh Donaldson leaves, they'll, you know, at least have some, some talent surrounding mm-hmm. the next wave. Uh, but he also pointed out, you know, on the other side, that his exit velocity was quite down. I think it was like a four mile an hour dip in terms of his average exit velocity last year. Uh, and so maybe this is the uh, Blue Jays getting ahead of the curve and, and seeing that this is a guy who's about to become a part-time player and using him appropriately. That's, that's a, an interesting perspective um, that I hadn't necessarily considered. Um, again, I do like him, but uh, that that's... Um, I mean, he'll obviously... Getting out of San Diego is bound to help his, you know, context neutral numbers, but uh, or the other way around, dependent yeah. numbers, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, that, uh, one thing I do want to mention, I was just thinking about, of course, uh, Solarte. Uh, he lost his wife. His, his wife died of cancer just in uh, September 2016. So he's been mm-hmm. he's been through a lot. He's got young kids. Like he's uh, his story is compelling. So it's the kind of guy that you um, are happy to root for. And uh, and and hopefully again maybe a veteran guy who who as you said he, he, even if he's not even if ghoulishly I'm like oh he's going to play third base when they trade Donaldson um, he's not here for he's not uh, going to be a Blue Jay for one year uh, he the, his he signed a favorable contract and there's there's a lot to you know, favorable in terms of he's not going to be onerously paid and such right. that you need to kick him out um, uh, it's a I don't know. It's it, there's a lot to like. Frankly, I, I, I think there's a lot to like about this, the, the the acquisition. I think so. And you know, you mentioned the the uh, the makeup stuff, the off field stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's a great story, but uh, or a great story. It's you know, it's 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 it, it takes a lot to have gone through what he went through and still been a mm-hmm. uh, you know productive at his job and all that. And and uh, but he's also a guy who gets praised for his ability to work with young uh, Latino players or not even not just mm-hmm. work with them, but help bring them into the clubhouse, help, help you know, show them be how to be big leaguers. This is stuff that we would have rolled our eyes at maybe, or at least I would have uh, several years ago, but he's a guy. And, you know, I think Kendrick Morales sort of serve, doesn't serve that or, or serves that same role was brought in, you know, with that kind of in back of mind. But Solarte is a guy who, you know, actually has defensive value and can be played at other places and isn't just sort of clogging that one position, which is the only one that he can really play, uh, which is maybe a bonus because that maybe means that he'll be 
around a little bit longer. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know because he will, you know, he, even if he fades a little bit into a guy who isn't going to be playing every day, uh, that's maybe okay. You know, if he takes, if he could be that everyday-ish kind of player this year in his second year with the Jays, you know, you maybe start to see the, the Gurriels, the, the Uranus, maybe even the Bichettes start to come up and, and he becomes that guy who is, uh, who's a veteran and who, you know, can help people become big leaguers. This seems to be a thing that the uh, the current front offices uh, are, are there believers in that. You know, you, you can glean that from the things that they say in the interviews that you you know you hear them talk about. Uh, you know, they don't like sort of bang the drum, but they there there's clearly con- uh, uh, concerns. But there's clear there's clearly thought given to uh, the mental aspect of things, which you know you see in how they've laid out their uh, their high performance department, but just in what makes a team and how to deal with people. Um, and from what you hear, from what his reputation is, you know, Solarte is someone who can, who can help in that regard as well as on the field. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and he's depth. Uh, again, this was something that was identified as a weakness in the club, uh, in, you know, with, by the new regime. And they've done a nice job of uh, covering some of that depth of, of acquiring, you know, the Lemmy's Diaz's and and now Salarte and those are the kind of players that can can layer in. But but my question is, especially in the outfield, it's it's these these are they've got depth pieces, but they're what are they depth behind, right? Like if you have only depth, you have no depth, right? I mean, this is we're still waiting for this other shoe to drop, um, and I just don't maybe I don't know that it is. You know, I mean, there's still so many options out there, but yeah, I mean, I wrote about the Jay Bruce thing this week and, and, you know, fans were, many fans were really relieved to one, no longer have to hear about Jay Bruce, which I am 100% behind. Didn't, did not have to keep hearing that rumor, but you know, the deal that he signed three years, $39 million with the Mets, that, that is not especially onerous. Uh, you know, some Jays fans might find that odd because they find the morale steal a bit uh, onerous and it's even less than that. Uh, but, you know, he would have been an okay piece. And I was talking on the Jays from the Couch podcast this week about, uh, I believe I predicted, uh, I know I predicted Morales to be an all-star this year, which is obviously ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> but I, I said I would be completely <laughs> fine with Jay Bruce, uh, assuming that he wasn't going to get, you know, a four or five year deal, which it looks like that's not out there for him. Uh, but there's still so many pieces to move around. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, if the like, though the way right, I could, the way Atkins put it this week uh, when he spoke uh, on the fan was basically that, you know, they clearly want to upgrade the outfield. They'd like to upgrade starting pitching. They think they can do both. If it has to be one or the other, they're okay with that. And I think you know the, that uh, hopefully means you know if they brought in a U Darvish, I can live with the Pearson Carrera. I don't think that's obviously going to happen. And then you know mm-hmm. the other way, you know if they brought in a Lorenzo Cain, I think I could live with a Joe Biagini. Um and so the the reality is probably going to be somewhere in between on both those fronts, I would suspect, but uh which is fine, but <laughs> the sooner we have to start stop thinking about uh you know another season of of Pearson Carrera, the better, right? Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is 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 legitimately intriguing. Like you look at the home run per fly ball, you look at the barrels per plate appearance, all real sal- small sample size stuff. But 
the power that he showed last year, and maybe it was the juiced ball a little bit, but he's you know he's a guy with a bit of raw power. He's not an on base guy. He's, there's contact problems, uh, mm-hmm. but he has a similar shape when he is at his absolute best, like he was in September, which I don't think you can expect for a full season. But if you can get something close to that, he has a similar shape to like productive hitters, you know, guys mm-hmm. who are going to have such a such a high slugging percentage that it's okay that the on base percentage is mediocre. And uh, you can live with that with the because he's a guy who's not you know a bad glove either, right? He's a he uh, he looks the part out there at the very yeah, least. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't look like Steve Pierce, which is a he's a guy who's doing his best, um, <laughs> which yeah. you can you can only credit him for it. At, at some point, it becomes if you're running Steve Pierce out, in the out, out into the outfield three days a week, you're not putting him in the best position to succeed, and it's no. only going to hurt the team. Well, if you're because having him, if you're having him on the Blue Jays, I mean, the the best position for him to succeed was taking at bats from Justin Smoke last year, and then that just that just changed. I, 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 Pierce is a nice player, but yeah, I think it, it, it's he, it's not an ideal fit. There should be there should be a way to be able to some other team should be able should value what he can do for their roster more than the Blue Jays value what he can do for the ours, right? Or theirs. Okay, let's yeah. let's come back. Uh, I had some things, and I was gonna gonna work up to this, but I think you. You've touched on it enough that we can move on to this idea, which is that yeah, there's lots of there's lots out there, and there's lots of ways the Jays can improve. Um, but there's lots out there for everyone to improve. There's lots of ways that the Twins can improve, and the Mariners can improve, and the Red Sox, and the Rangers, and even the Angels, who probably don't have a lot of money left. But even the Yankees, all those, yeah. well, uh, even the Yankees. Not again, that like the, there's not that there are the Jays competition at this point, I suppose. But yeah. No, it's true, but I mean, if the every every piece that moves, you know that it's it just starts that sort of chain reaction. But but yeah, the Jays can the Jays can improve um, uh, by you know if they signed Lorenzo Cain tomorrow or, or they signed you know whoever. I mean, we I think we might talk about this on the super bad this week super bad. I got a plan. Uh, it's a secret right mm-hmm. now because I haven't fully formed the idea. But um, but the the point is. Uh, one of the reasons that we're seeing this this offseason be kind of slow is because it seems like uh, everybody sort of knows what the players, because of the way the information is shared within the game, everyone seems to know what players are worth. Or they have their prices, they have their idea, like this is what this guy's going to cost. Jay Bruce is a perfect example. Jay Bruce is, uh, he got three years and $39 million from the Mets, right? Yep, yep. That's exactly what Major League uh, MLBTR predicted for him. It's also, I think, ever, exactly what the Fangraphs crowd. They do the crowdsourcing for the contract estimates, which isn't to say those are infallible numbers, but that's just like there's a sense. That's the kind of player that he is. That's what a player like that could be worth. So unless you're willing to go out and overpay versus everybody else for, uh, for the missing piece for your team or for the guy you really like or for the guy that fits with your club's needs the best, it's going to be slow going, but so what we're seeing now is that, and it's a matter of who's going to who's going to break and who's going to maybe go that extra mile, add that other year. But the Jays can do that, but I don't know that even if they do the the things that are more likely or more uh, suitable for the team uh, in terms of who they go out and sign, I don't know that it gets them ahead of all those other teams who can all still do the same. Right, the Twins mm. can still make lots of noise and can still move lots of money around. They seem bound and determined to do so. Again, that's a, this is a team that did, in fact, make the playoffs. Technically, they made the wild card playing game last year. They had won eighty games the year before, you know, two years before. 
uh, you have to figure they're ahead of the Jays. The Red Sox themselves, right? The Red Sox, who looked like world beaters for most of the year last year, kind of sputtered and, and didn't really do much in the playoffs. But uh, they're still really good. The Yankees, obviously. And again, the Angels, who probably don't have any money left. But but they've they've made their team a lot better. And the dog shit Rangers, you know, fuck them. But they're still around. So I'm, I, just, I just don't know that, that the free agent market, as it's currently constituted, is, in fact, the answer for the Blue Jays. I I would be surprised if it was the answer for the Blue Jays. I think at this point, just because like cause, because of what you say, you know, and also I mean, there's I was going to say natural disadvantages, which is not quite true because that makes it sound like people not wanting to play in Toronto, but people seeing the situation for what it is, and mm-hmm. also the Jays not having that same willingness to go uh, to go farther in on somebody, whereas a team that's in a better spot on the wind curve is going to want to do that. And, and, you know, speaking of concepts like the wind curve and, uh, you know, this is a thing that Ross Atkins keeps saying, uh, it talks about how, and as you just said, teams throughout the game are kind of viewing players in, in such the same way. And that's part of why it's so slow. And, you know, and uh, it seems a little bit abstract, but the way I sort of, uh, it, it starts to make sense in my mind is that there isn't, you know, a fucking Dave Stewart run Diamondbacks out there where teams are like, you're going to do what? <laughs> what? what? Mm-hmm. Okay. We could, we could, we could work with this. You know, it's like everybody literally values everybody the same way. And, uh, and, and <laughs> I mean, I guess that's exactly what they would say, but it, but it's true. And so that, that is making it hard to make deals, uh, trades. It's making it hard for, for free agents to get one team to step up and differentiate themselves in terms of an offer where, where maybe that's why you see someone like Jay Bruce going back to the Mets because they're offering what anybody else is and that's comfortable and nobody else is willing to, mm-hmm. you know, push that extra year in just to make sure they get them. Uh, and part of that is also because there's so many other options out there, I think. But, uh, but yeah, the free agent market, I mean, Kane is, is, a Kane would look really great on the 2018 Blue Jays. I think he would still look good on the 2020 Blue Jays. Um, he makes a lot of sense. I wonder how much the draft pick is, you know, into play, which we don't talk about as much anymore. But it, it, because it's not as high a pick that you give up under the new CBA, but uh, it's still a pretty high pick. It's still, you know, Bo Bichette range. So you could get real good talent still at that level if you do, uh, you know, if you do the right things. And it's also uh, bonus pool money, right? So. I don't think mm-hmm. that the Jays, as much as they're, you know, in that Atkins interview this week, he was talking about feeling good about the system, feeling that they're in the top third, that things, you know, that they've been disciplined and been able to get it to a point where they feel that they can move an Olivares to a, a team like the Padres because they don't feel that that's going to disrupt their pup- pipeline enough to to justify not bringing in a guy like Solarte who can really help them. Uh, you know, I... Uh, what was I fucking talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Just about like whether or not free agency is the answer. It's not going to be. It's not going to solve the team. I guess is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I think you're given uh, the given the current uh, atmosphere, the current lay of the land. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I had a, I had a real strong thought, and then I I was like, no, I could squeeze in this one last point, and then I did, and then I was like, what was that first thought? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, the I forgot the Angels also signed Zach Cozart. Yeah, not a bad. Move. They're g- gonna be good. Stupid Angels. Who's gonna pitch for them again? I mean, other than does it matter? It might. I guess it does. Who is their um, Who was their closer last year? 
What piece of shit converted starter was their closer from? No, 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 Bedrosian is their is their closer. They just gotta let him go. Steve Bedrock be Bedrosian. It's his son, Cam. Yeah, I know. Cam Bedrosian, stud, stud. I thought they had a guy. I'll have to look it up. I thought they had a guy. Parker Bridwell pitched really well for them last year. Blake Parker is another guy that that, that pitched in the uh, out of the bullpen for them. They lost Petit uh, to free agents. He was a nice a nice add. They get Garrett Richards back. They'll get. Uh, this is the year that uh, Andrew Heaney and Tyler Skaggs both figure it out. Uh, I promise. No, I don't promise. <laughs> but uh, Tyler Skaggs ru- yeah. ruined ruined several of my fantasy baseball teams over the years. Well, he should not be so bad. Well, I should not uh, rely on fucking Angels pitching. No, that would never be a good idea. So, so yeah, so that's the sort of like bummer letdown aspect of. Um, the reality that that Blue Jays are facing, uh, although free this, this year free agency is being interesting in that you Darvish is like breaking news by like talking about other teams that are in on him. When <laughs> John Heyman's like, or somebody said something about, oh yeah, you Darvish is choosing between these five teams, and he was like, no, no, there's one more. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so good. <laughs> um, he sucks though. I don't. Hope, I, uh, I hope it's not the Blue Jays that are that are in on him. But anyway, oh yeah, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, who needs that? Who needs a, pl- a player of that caliber? Not a playoff uh, performer, frankly. Also, another thing that happened when you're jumping around and your well, your train of thought. Uh, I had a I wrote a joke down about Ezekiel Carrera, and I didn't get to use it, so I'm going to have to use it now. Uh, well, no, I'm not really, but yeah, I know that. I kind of gave up hating on Ezekiel Carrera. I think I think I, I've kind of accepted it and, and warmed him and let him into my heart. But at the same time, avoiding arbitration with Ezekiel Carrera has taken on a very different meaning in the last 18 months because the idea of going to arbitration with him was just like so off-putting. <laughs> yeah. But now it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. It's, it's like it's $2 million. Sure, that's nothing. But it's also a roster spot. And you're like, really? Is that? I mean, I don't know. If there are teams that are trying intentionally to be bad, then Ezekiel Carrera is a perfect player for them. So hopefully they can... You know, find a way to move him. He, he had a really nice year. I mean, I just, I cannot imagine him repeating that. We couldn't imagine and, him and also pulling really, it off either, though. And also, really nice year is the most air quoted thing I've ever said because he was fine, but you know, it just it's it sucks to watch a bit. I feel like both. Well, it, it remains to be seen, and obviously, we should not be so negative about the Blue Jays' chances in twenty eighteen, but. Uh, in particular, Ezekiel Carrera and Steve Pierce are luxuries that a 75 to 80 win team don't really need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously they do raise the floor if that you know to keep you to keep them from being a 65 win team or a 60 win. Obviously, that's really unlikely. But but um, because you just never know. You know, you run whoever out there and, and you end up in a, in a bad, in a bad way. But I mean, uh, I, if nothing else, Steve Pierce in particular, I think he's the kind of guy who would have some trade value. Um, come down the year. Obviously um, that's not breaking news. I'm not, that's not a great insight of mine, but uh, it, it's worth keeping him around and smoke. All those guys are all getting traded. It all goes. Yeah. I, you know what? I, if you can use sort of B-ish prospects to get something that you actually like and then maybe trade those guys to help replenish that, that seems kind of nice. I mean, the the way that the roster is shaping up is that, you know, you have Diaz, you have Solarte. Diaz might be in AAA, but 
uh, a guy like Solarte at least gives you the fle- the flexibility to move things around a little bit. Maybe not use Pierce and Carrera all the goddamn time in left field. Uh, and you, you know, if you have those guys on the roster and you can play the matchups and you can you know look at Solarte, maybe Diaz, Solarte, Carrera, Pierce, and just pick one of the one of the four as your ideal candidate for any given game. Um, maybe you can sort of like thread that needle a bit and and make a uh, a, a useful left field situation. Uh, nobody really mm-hmm. wants that, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you could do you could do that, and if it fails, ideally, you bring in a right fielder. You have Hernandez and Alfred and Pompey and whoever else in Buffalo. And you get a right fielder who's good. And then, you know, you let the chips fall where they may. Maybe Alfred takes over for Pilar because Pilar is, you know, probably not better than Alfred at this point. Uh, or maybe one of them takes over in left field or who knows what happens. Uh, I could I could see that. People get hung up, I think, on, you know, they have to upgrade the outfield uh, because you look at it and obviously it looks like they really do. Uh, but they could make it work, I think, in ways, and I think this is something that Atkins has said in, in interviews, and in particular in the one this week with uh, with Sportsnet about you know you if if you get if you get good pitching, if you get some other big piece that helps you, mm-hmm. you know, if just raises the total wins above replacement that you can put into this team, uh, then maybe you can find a way that uh, Pierce and Carrera doesn't look so horribly atrocious as it kind of does on first blush i mean it's sort of the the tantalizing nature of young players and you mentioned alfred and and hernandez if you get like the 85th percentile projection versions excuse me of those guys mm-hmm. if if everything that you hope to see from alfred comes and hernandez continues to be a guy who just hits the ball really really hard and hits the ball over the fence and um you know, avoids the ups and downs and, and manages the strikeouts as opposed to just, uh, you know, eliminating them, whatever. Um, that, that changes everything. Then suddenly you've got a, you, you've made those upgrades in, in the outfield, um, which at this point, other than the age of the club, um, look like the, looks like to me the biggest shortfall. So, so, you know, it's, it's not without optimism, I think is, is how, how I would say it. it. There's not, there are reasons for optimism, um, realistically speaking, well, no, not realistically speaking. Anthony Alfred is a guy I think you can maybe dream on. And, and talking to Jeff, um, yeah, he's ha- he was really positive about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It absolutely helped me. Or not helped me. It, it's good to hear that kind of you know effusive praise and, and people just talking up his his tools and his ability to put kind of put them together and, and become a a really promising ball player. But of course, like everybody else on the team, he's got to stay on the field. Uh, I was on just on uh, roster resource earlier. Man, the Blue Jays, like there are a lot of old guys on the team. They're old, 32, 31, 34, like, and they use decimals on roster resource. So it's like 32.1, 34.6, 34.7, 33.3, 34. 34.9. These are the everyday players. And the, even the bullpen, like half 35 now. Estrada's almost 35. Right in Paris, thirty. Relatively young to me, but uh, I guess as ball players, sure, that's fine. Don't you don't even want to know? <laughs> you don't even want to know what happens to me this year. Like we can't even. I'm not even going to talk about this. Uh, you did mention Ezekiel Carrera and his. Um, How many times did uh, I mention him? 
enough that I keep referencing it. But well, it, no, my last segueing. my last point afterwards, I'm like, did I just make the exact point like ten minutes ago that I just said? Probably. Yeah. No, we 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 keep things loose here. We'll deal with it. Um, we'll deal with it in post, if so. Will we? Yeah. Uh, well. It's arbor- arbitration season, <laughs> as you mentioned. Uh, Carrera avoids arbitration, and uh, Benny Fresh, your friend and mine, of uh, of Sportsnet, wrote about how the Blue Jays are staring at a I don't know if um, record breaking uh, arb reward uh, across the board, but they're they're going to end up paying out a ton, a ton of money in arbitration. I believe um, uh, Ben has pegged it at around $45 million in arbitration. So, I mean, that's that's what you get when you have Josh Donaldson, who's, who could potentially break a record. He's going to earn more than half of that on his own. Throwman, as soon as first passed through, Pilar, Sanchez, this is, these are all uh, Carrera, who we saw talk to the loop, Devin Travis, Dominic Leone. So there's a bunch of guys that are all going into arbitration. I mean, it's the name of the game, so there's not much to say about the actual process of arbitration, other than, and I think I may have said this before, that um, that Marcus Stroman seems very confident that he's going to do well in arbitration. Uh, he was in Dubai. Social media suggests he brought his mom and his sister to Dubai, the ball out over there. Mm-hmm. Um, good for him. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really change anything. Other than Osuna, you, you've you've been banging the trade Osuna drum again as he starts to. Uh, I banged it like once. That's that's one more than it deserves. I, and then I bought it breakfast in the morning. No, I don't know what that means. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's Osuna is a guy who I think frightens some people who follow this team. Just in the sense that uh, maybe just being scarred from the the Tommy John that he had earlier, watching the violent delivery. Uh, I mean, it's a reliever, but every time things sort of slip a little bit, uh, you see maybe not just maybe you don't think it yourself, but you at least see on Twitter, you see on social media, like, oh, is this it? Should they have traded? Did they miss out on his on his best trade value? Could they have traded him at last year's trade deadline? Uh, it probably wouldn't have. Changed a hell of a lot, but uh, they could have got a lot of, a lot of you know interesting pieces back just based on, you know where he is in terms of his contract. So uh, he's very good. I don't know. He's a, he's a guy. He's great. I, I would hate to not be able to see Roberto Osuna close blue, games for the Blue Jays. Uh, I think that would be a bad thing. But also, if you're doing the sort of half pregnant thing. He's a real, real luxury where if he can get you something that in a couple of years mm-hmm. is going to be a core piece in a much more meaningful way, I don't know. I think you at least have to entertain the idea. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be out, I wouldn't be out there like shopping him, like trying to get people to trade for him. Like I, well, I think it, go for it. it's interesting. I'll say this. Yeah, I, I just a few moments ago I mentioned that. Zico Carrera and Steve Pierce are sort of luxuries that a maybe kind of also rannish, uh, not top contender uh, luxuries they can't afford. And maybe you would say on a non-contending team, the marginal wins or the value of a of an elite closer is sort of lost. But to me, number one, he is that he's elite. He is among the mm-hmm. best at his job in all of baseball. And number two, yes, he is just going through arbitration. It's not as though the Jays went and like signed a free agent to be the closer and pay top dollar for a guy to do that job. So 
I'm less inclined to think about it in terms of like, oh, he's no good to us because he is simply so good. And, and having him now and, and being able to to look ahead and say, well, he's still going to be a member of this team in two years when they hope and figure to be better. And then, you know, if you get to that point and the team hasn't caught up to his output, then maybe you can look to trade him. Obviously, it's it's a big um, it's a big risk because he is a reliever, so the breakdown could come at any time, and then you're left with uh, with nothing, and he's left trying to like put his career back together or however you want to look at it. But I think that that again, because of because of the homegrown nature, because of the years of control, because of the um, and just the pure quality, I, I I don't know that I'm really in a rush to to ship him out because of his the uh, marginal utility of his role. I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. I get that. I get that. I mean, I, I think part of the thing about the marginal utility of his role is, you know, other people can do it and do it well. And, you know, Dominic Leone is, uh, as you mentioned, one of the arbitration eligible guys. And I think, you know, he had a great year. And uh, I think I was looking, there was, a, I think, a fan grass piece about Adam Wainwright where it looked at uh, difference between fastball velocity from the first and second half of last year. And Leone was a guy who, who rose quite a bit. Um and is a you know really nice piece that I think they've picked up. I mean, he's obviously that's not a full bullpen, and you're looking at, at a division where there's uh, a ton of really fucking good relievers. And so to to put yourself down one in a year where you are trying to contend, whatever for whatever the fuck that means, doesn't make it doesn't it hurts. And it, it the, the idea it hurts to you know I think everybody who listens to this, everybody who's a Blue Jays fan, would be like it, it would be great for Roberto Osuna to be. A Mariano Rivera, a Trevor Hoffman, someone who just for twenty years is here and closes and and is just is just that guy. I mean, those guys are exceptionally rare. All, you know, one of them is uh, is Hall of Fame caliber, even. <laughs> but, and uh, so, yeah, to to think about trading him is odd, but also, I you know, I like I say, I I, I agree with you. I'm not pushing. I don't think they have to go out and try to get Shop teams him. to yeah. take to take him off their hands but uh but teams might want to do it but also it's probably he's probably a guy who I think a lot like Donaldson um will still have a lot of marketability in uh in July probably will have well still has more marketability than Donaldson and will then and maybe Donaldson won't have a lot of marketability in July uh but he's a guy who I, I would be very happy to see the Blue Jays hang on to until that point and then sort of decide what to do you know what I'd love to see them do? Speaking hmm. of July, which is this, which is maybe not controversial. We'll see. Uh, don't trade Donaldson. Tie that fucking draft pick around his neck. Yeah, you, that's. I, I think that it's important to do what you pull whatever lever is available to uh, limit the earnings of a thirty-three-year-old who's looking at his like literally his only big payday in baseball. Well, no, he's still gonna <laughs> I, get paid. <laughs> Actually, I was talking to I was talking to a friend about uh, Josh Donaldson this week, and and I mentioned, and I was like, "What well, is he going to be thirty three when his you know at the start of his next contract?" And he very quickly uh, corrected me and said thirty three and a half. Which that, uh, that, that, worth, that six months makes all the difference when worth, you get over over thirty over thirty every half year you start trying to chisel it away. Well, thirty three, right? And a half like just like oh yeah, or or the no the other way. Like no no, I'm not thirty four. I'm only thirty three and a half. My birthday might be next week. Thirty-three and a half. Well, those, this, those this person, I, this person I was talking to seemed to think it mattered. They're trying to age him up or age him down. <laughs> age him up. Hmm. Interesting. Um, one more thing. We'll talk about 
Sorry, I'm eating a blueberry. Um, uh, the <laughs> ticket. Fucking thing. good podcast etiquette, right there. That's what the people well, come here for. <laughs> it's one blueberry. I thought you were going to keep talking. Yeah, you. Most times you wouldn't have bet wrong. But. <laughs> uh, the the tickets. The Jays. I, I, I believe your word was uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. For some of the new ticket packages and the kind of dynamic ticketing and the the carrot and stick situation that's going on when it mm-hmm. comes to buying uh, flex bags, why don't you indulge everyone, including myself, into the, the nitty gritty details? Do you have more blueberries to eat? Is that why we're doing that? Oh, I have a I have a delicious beverage that I'm going to take a oh, sip from. I'm not going to mute the mic. Actually, I will. I'll mute it so no one Please can hear do. me slurping away. Oh, I'm just I'm on a fucking tightrope without a net here. Jesus, uh, but no the the ticketing. Uh, there were six game ticket packs, uh, several of them that the Blue Jays announced today. I wrote about it. I could, you know, recite what I wrote, but the basic idea is uh, it seems to be carrot and stick stuff where, you know, there's a pack. I loved that they called it the value pack, but it had the home opener in it, which is kind of like, yeah, you could sell these tickets and then get five real cheap ones. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and just various... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, not aggregated, but uh, curated sort of packs of games, which, you know, there's one with all the, the not all the giveaways, but three bobblehead giveaways, uh, the, the replica jersey, the baseball helmet, the, uh, you know, the mini helmet or whatever the fuck that is, and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of a way to subsidize, it seems, a way to subsidize games that won't necessarily at the time, you know, down the line uh, do so well. And it's all uh, by, you know, giving people an incentive to uh, pay money right now for tickets that they know they're already going to want or for something that already makes a lot of sense for them. I think that's sort of the uh, the core of it is that we'll give people these options that make a lot of sense for them. You know, they, I want to go to the home opener. I don't want to get stuck paying, you know, trying to trying to deal with the single game ticket thing for the home opener because it sells out real quick. I'll go to six games this year anyway, so I might as well just grab this package and mm-hmm. I'll get a better tick for, ticket for the whole. You know, it's 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 using the I, their knowledge of the fact that that's how a bunch of fans think, which I think they've gleaned from the surveying that they've done for the last several years to try to drive uh, to drive a bunch of revenue. And also, you know, I'm talking to people on Twitter about it a bit, uh, not just to drive revenue, but to like create cost certainty uh, to not go mm-hmm. into the season. Uh, not knowing whether you know whether this game's going to sell it or this this isn't, or you know you expect this, you might get this uh, you know, to you know sort of lower the error bars or the the margins on what uh, expected attendance might be, uh, which you know for a modern business in the year twenty eighteen, which apparently it is, uh, that's the kind of thing that they value and and want. So uh, so yeah, I think that's a big aspect of it as well, just to to be certain about these tickets because they're not discount packages. Uh, they're kind mm-hmm. of like, they're kind of like marketed a little bit as like, Oh, get these packs, but you're, you're paying the same price. Uh, you don't have the flexibility to choose your specific games. You do. If you want to pay a premium and go for the 12 game packs or go for the 20 game packs and season tickets, you obviously get everything. Uh, but they've been curated in a way that is very clearly data driven and very clearly, you know, uh, intended to make people commit money for games that they wouldn't until the game sort of came out, uh, you know, came about or close to game time in order to uh, ensure or assure that they get the tickets to the games that they really do want, which seems smart. I mean, it just seems like they're, it, it's, it's, it's just a way to flow money into 
their own coffers. I think it's uh, it's something that the previous regime was not for. And uh, when the these news guys came in, or which the previous regime did not do well enough. Uh, and one of the ways that Shapiro and Atkins, or Shapiro, I think in particular, sold himself uh, to Rogers on is we can monetize this product of yours much better. And this is, you know, one of the first real, very obvious ways uh, that I think we're seeing them doing that. Yeah, no, it's definitely, um, I'm on your post now and one person, one of the commenters mentioned something about like the positive for the atmosphere. I think, and and I think you alluded to it, is um, it's it's more about cost certainty. I mean, I feel like every person that walks into the ballpark, they have like an expected value, like that each person is worth X number of dollars. And it's probably even just for scheduling or and revenue and whatever else. If you're looking at these games, the the maybe lower lower value games, and it's like if we can raise the floor, it, it, it's like depth. It's, these are depth signings, right? Oh, yeah. the weekend pack, like get stuck. Basically, anything. Well, anytime you see the raise, if you see the raise in a pack, <laughs> you know you're you're getting screwed. Well, it's like every pack has it's has games that you know have are good you know games good premium games to go to especially for certain for certain cohorts of jays fans (laughs) but uh i'm like i'm laughing at the canada day pack like oh boy (laughs) canada day pack you want to come to canada day you're doubling up on the rays and you get the a's But you cut the, but you cut the line for Canada Day, right? I mean, you're gonna get those those people, the people who pay for the raise, they're gonna get way better seats than the people who waited for single tickets. And there's other, you know, there's another cohort that doesn't do any of that shit and just pays scalpers for whatever the fuck they, you know, whatever they want. But uh, I, <laughs> I will say yeah. that while they do, if you want to buy Canada they, Canada Day, they do force the raise on you twice. <laughs> One of those is a bobblehead day. One of those is it's the 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 Whamco bobblehead, like the Alomar Molitor bowl root. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. I didn't notice that. That's that's probably to me, that's them mm-hmm. trying to, you know, the bobblehead people. They want people to get the bobblehead pack and the Canada Day pack. Yeah, well, also I find it very interesting that they've shoehorned Cleveland into the rivals pack. Come on. Well, you know, you might want to see Just because that game, just because that's the game that uh, the front office is the most torn watching doesn't mean that it's. I think that's the dog shit one in that one, though, right? I mean, I don't know. No, the the rivals pack is, I I think it's pretty well curated. Who else would you put in? It's, it's, uh, there's two games against the Yankees, which obviously is value. Like that's, that's. Those games are going to sell it either way. Yep. But then they've got the Orioles, which is which are a rival, but they're not a big draw. Uh, Red Sox, the Rangers. Interesting to see them embrace uh, that, even though the um, well, the one, both of those protagonists, none, none of the main, two main protagonists from the, the the epic Blue Jays Rangers tilts will be gone because Jose Bautista will be elsewhere, and uh, Ruggio Dor will be in the minors. Um, and uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought you were talking about Sam good. Dyson, but okay, yeah, Ruggio Dor too, yeah. Um, he's terrible garbage. And then, he is terrible garbage. And then Cleveland. Yeah, the Jays lost to Cleveland in the playoffs. That makes them rivals. For me, uh, I would probably put the Royals in there, but that's no one wants to see that. Like no one, the Royals are going to be so bad. This well, year. that's the thing. You want they're raising the floor on that Cleveland game because nobody wants to see that. I mean, Edwin, they might go and see, but uh, he won't be a real draw. I mean, fuck, Roy Halladay pitching for the Blue Jays wasn't enough to really move the needle a lot of times. 
It uh, generally doesn't work that way. I mean, no, I, again, no but, I, what, I, but what does seem, what does, well, the Blue Jays clearly think works is tying shitty games to good ones, which, you know, I wrote a lot of words about, which just, just seems pretty like basic concept mm-hmm. of selling shit. Uh, the opening day, they've tied the White Sox, which is like a total garbage game. Uh, the Mariners, which is not that great. The Twins, nobody goes to see the Twins. To the Mets and the Astros, which I don't think anyone's going to give shit about the Mets. But well, and then the, the Astros Astro, would be interesting. Astro, well, that's in like September, right? I mean, the Jays are going to be, be fucking bare bones by then. Well, I, this this is the bigger conversation is is about that. This is the first time in two years that there have not been really a lot of in the way of guarantees of p- tickets being sold. Right, I mean, it, so it's kind of going to be a bit of um, of a of a referendum on the state of the fan base, I think. And and while if the team isn't that good out of the shoot, um, are they going to stay away? And then what is it that's going to drive them? Because as you said, they didn't come out when Roy Halladay was pitching every day. Um, not most people aren't like the you know you and I or or I come up with should only speak for myself, where I, often the opposition is what mm-hmm. compels me. Um, you know, obviously, I want to go see the Angels, and I want to see. You know, I wanted to. I would love to have, go see Chris Sale or whoever else. But <laughs> I remember going specifically for Giancarlo Stanton, and now that's literally the last thing I ever want to fucking see in that. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, so true. But the Astros, I think, will be an interesting test because the Astros won the World Series, but the Astros don't have a big brand. They don't. They're not going to travel. Um, you know, in terms of like, there are not going to be Astros fans showing up in Toronto to watch the Astros, um, and so it, it'll be interesting to see how that how that works. The, you know, they don't there are no, there's not a big expat community. They've never had a huge fan base, so uh, I wonder. I mean, if they win again, maybe that would kind of bolster them, put them into the you know the, the big draws on the road. But I think it's interesting that they've been tied to opening day in that way. It might that's one that might seem like you're getting something like oh the World Series champs, but at the end of the day, it's just like oh who gives a shit about the uh, Astros? But it's like I, but the other thing is it's it, these are these are 36 games of their 81 game home schedule that have all been tied together and in ways that may not work out, but they clearly hope are going to, uh, to elevate, you know, the rising tide lifted all boats, right. It's going to, they're all going to be well attended in, you know, nominally, if not in actual, you know, actual people going through mm-hmm. the, the turnstiles because they're going to get the money for it if these packs work out, and that's clearly what you know they think is is going to be the plan. And and I suspect, and haven't really looked too deeply into it, is that a whole hell of a lot of the other games I can't do math in my head. So the games that aren't these mm-hmm. thirty six, but the other forty odd games, whatever the fuck it is, uh, forty five games, is uh, there's probably a lot of fucking good ones in there too, right? So. It just seems like a real easy way for them to, like you say, raise the floor, uh, which is good. Which is good. It's weird. It's it's cynical. It's weird. And this is you know a thing that we you mentioned or hinted at at least earlier, in talking about like when I said Donaldson. I hope they tie a draft pick around his neck because yeah, we should we should root for the suppression of these people's salaries during the, like the five ten years of their whole mm-hmm. lives where they can actually make real money and are making billions of dollars for billionaires but uh but yeah it, it's it, it's interesting to see them as cynical as it sort of is uh taking advantage of what they're learning about the market and hopefully and i, I would imagine that they would tell you uh is that uh 
you know, they're they're going to be able to tweak it even better going forward. Like this is just the, this is the sort of the beginning of them trying to figure out how to maximize this market and to learn this market. And as much as it's sort of weird as a consumer, it's also good as a consumer because the idea is that if they do well and keep revenues high, that's going to just keep going back into the baseball team. I think that I think it's worth us, you and I, talking about it because it is a way that fans touch the team, right? Like, and that's that's where sort of the perspective that we're offering. It is worth noting. Uh, I just noticed glancing at the prices that uh, the val- the opening day pack was actually the, it, it is called the value pack. The, oh, you um, were you it were, is the least expensive. You, yes, you were taking a drink when I mentioned this. Uh, I feel that that's because they know that you could just. It's a value pack because you could sell that opening day ticket, and now you've got five tickets for like mm. thirty dollars or whatever the difference between. I I don't know how the secondary marks market works these days. Uh, I've heard I've I've heard our I've heard our government put in some new laws about bots <laughs> with uh, with the you know scalper bots. It was keeping really, us safe. They're keeping really, us safe. Really feel good about that. Yeah, great. Keeping great, us safe every day. Good good job, everybody. Uh, but no, I, I don't know. I, I I don't like. I'm I'm not out there scalping tickets, but so mm. I, I so I don't know what sort of instruments have been used to, you know, keep the flow of money going to the team or to whoever else. But presumably, the way it used to be was that you could have opening day tickets and get a pretty nice return on that investment by selling them mm-hmm. in the secondary market. Which I don't know that that's really what they were going for with the quote unquote value pack, but it, it's. Uh, it's poetic, at least. It makes sense because I bet a lot of people, if they if their end goal really is value, uh, that's one way to do it. You sell that opening day ticket, and then you got five games for nothing. All right, I think that's about it. You got anything else? We've been going on. We're, we have still a super bad to come. Uh, of course, super bad is the Patreon exclusive uh, segment that we do uh, every week. Where we, uh, we, it's available to only those who have gone over to patreon.com slash birds all day and contributed to our campaign. Uh, We always are incredibly appreciative of everyone who supports uh, what we do and uh, and more and more in every every single day in this world. uh, You need to support the things you value uh, to keep them uh, going. And uh, that's where where we're at. And, uh, you know, it's it's a little, it's been so slow. Uh, Now the holidays are behind us, so we're back on track, full steam ahead. Uh, we had the interview with Jeff next week. We're look, looking to uh, probably going to bump up the number of interviews. If you have someone you want to hear on the show, let us know. Do it on. You can do it at Facebook, facebook.com slash birds all day. Uh, you can hit, uh, of course, Blue Jay Nation, where all the shows are posted. And, of course, Stoughton writes uh, every day about the team. How he's done it this far, uh, nothing short of miraculous. But uh, head over there or... Uh, <laughs> yeah, every, every day. Please, please tell my employers at the Nation Network that it's every day. Every day! <laughs> And or you can of course much, uh, hit us on much. Twitter uh, at Andrew Stoughton and at Drew Groff. Uh, so yeah, if you have somebody you want to see on the show, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, we have a few people uh, we've got targeted. It's, uh, it's going to be star studded. You know, we're going to we're going to fucking pull it all out. Why not? Yeah, who, the whole thing will be on the Old Friends Network. We love to have the Old Friends. We got to get everybody on. <laughs> uh, but then also again, Stoughton and I have got we've got some plans. We're trying to. Um, we're, we're, we're working to get some, some new things out here for this season. Uh, hopefully, it would be nice if the team uh, obliged and allowed us to, <laughs> to, uh, to, to spread our wings and, uh, and get multi-platform on the world. So, uh, 
as I as I always mention, of course, it's the show, the, the regular show. We would never take anything away from the regular show, and you don't have to be a Patreon uh, contributor to listen. Uh, anyone who listens or downloads or shares or has anything positive to say, we're very appreciative of all that. If you want it, if this is your first time listening, you want to subscribe, you can do that, of course, at uh, iTunes, uh, where you can head over there at, eight, at the search birth all day. You can. Uh, also, of course, offer us a rating and a review, which is the uh, I, uh, the podcast thing to do. You're supposed to encourage that from people. Apple's got us all trained like a bunch of fucking seals, just clapping away for those hearts and stars. But uh, I think that's it. This is, a, this is a good one. First, first one, first team effort here of 2018. It's going to be a good year. What do you think, Stone? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Effusive, effusive in his well, praise. I'm just, I'm just staring at the empty bottles surrounding me, and I'm like, oh, was it good? I hope so. <laughs> That's what the people come for. That's what... Uh, I, don't think, I don't think that they do. I think they'd enjoy it a little more if I was a little more on point. You know what? We'll save, I'll, sa- I'll save the, the biting self-criticism for super bad. There's an That's what they pay, literally pay to hear. They want to hear us <laughs> <laughs> defrock ourselves yeah. in front of the world <laughs> all right so that's it for this edition of birds all day uh we'll be back next week maybe there'll be more stuff maybe all of the free agent things we we said will all come true you darvish future blue jay you darvish i'm excited about that i can't even uh, i can't even contain myself so for andrew stoughton my name is drew ferris we'll talk to you next time on birds all day <laughs>